0: Domingo Santana, ooh, I wanna have ya. Tanaka, Spacata, a like Michael Walker, Balonco and Bronco. Oh, they're good, I'll get into first place. Check, bat and bow, data, and swing and strike grapes. Raisins are shriveled grapes. Here's Adam's happy place. It's the best
1: kind of Friday there is. A Kokomo Friday. A Fantasy Baseball Friday. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Just Adam and Scott today. See, I, you know, I was talking all that smack to Chris Towers yesterday, Scott. I said, you're never on the show. And he said, oh, boy, I'm on, I'm on. And then he said he was going to come on today. <laughs> and where is Chris Towers? Where is Where is, is
0: he? He has... Other important matters to attend to, apparently. Apparently, I don't know what could be more important. I'm than sorry, this.
1: I'm sorry, listeners. Chris Towers does not value your time. Tweet at C Towers CBS, whatever his weird Twitter name is now, and just yell at him for not being here. <laughs> I
0: have such a hard time finding him on
1: Twitter. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. he changes it all the time, and it <laughs> has to type so in the handle. Uh, yeah. welcome though, welcome, Scott. I have to ask you a question. I sent you the notes. And I had a trivia question at the top, and when I sent you the updated notes, I included the answer and the question.
0: I don't know the answer.
1: Okay, good. Here's the trivia question. Since the Brian Dozier trade to the Dodgers, whose second baseman has a higher OP, OPS, Minnesota or LA's? I'm going to guess
0: Logan Forsythe because he was in the trade and because I know he's been awesome since joining the Twins.
1: Well, he has no home runs, and Dozier has three. Does that change your uh, answer?
0: Oh, so you're saying which of the two does?
1: Yeah, but between Dozier um, and Forsyth, who has a higher
0: OPS since the trade. Well look, Forsythe went five for five with two doubles yesterday.
1: Uh yeah, I'm gonna say Forsythe. You are correct, sir. Yeah. He's got uh an OPS over 1, 000, a thousand a ten thirty one OPS. Dozier, a measly nine thirty two OPS in fourteen games with the Dodgers, but Forsythe is obviously the uh the guy to talk about here. Five for five with Man. two doubles and 14 games with the Twins. He is batting .449. Quite sustainable, Scott. Forsyth is 5% owned.
0: The Twins had some serious foresight, including <laughs> Forsyth in that deal. Am I right? Yeah, um, I mean, he's
1: not a bad player. I mean, he wasn't very good well, last year. he wasn't. Year.
0: He wasn't a bad player before he joined the Dodgers. Right. And so it's, I mean, they gave up Jose De Leon, who, you know, I don't know that we think much of him now but he was considered one of the best pitching prospects in baseball at the time. Um and so it's crazy, you know, he, he leaves the Dodgers, goes back to the AL and immediately he's racking up multi-hit games. I, I I I think skepticism is warranted obviously. Uh he says it's just a matter of him playing every day again the Dodgers were never Never did commit to him as quite an everyday player, though obviously he played more in the beginning than he had done the last few weeks. So I don't know that I totally buy that explanation. But it didn't make sense the way he fell off either because he doesn't strike out much. His batta ball profile certainly looks like a viable Major League hitter. Uh He's 5% owned, probably should be more like 25% owned.
1: Yeah, look, not a great player, but... His best season was 2015, Forsyth hit 281, 17 homers, 9 steals. The next year he hit 264 with 20 homers and 6 steals. And uh, I,
0: I know those numbers don't sound great now, but that was pre-home run explosion. Sure, that sure. was, yeah. you know, he was borderline top 12 at the position.
1: Of course he has 2 home runs and 242 at bats this year, but um would you rather have Yohan Moncada or Brian, or Brian Dozier or Logan Forsyth? Uh huh.
0: I know which one I'd rather start next week and it's, it's Forsyth. I mean, obviously Moncada is, deserves to be more rostered, but then again, we're getting to the stretch of the season where that, Doesn't you matter. know, hope and upside becomes less important. Would you rather have Logan Forsyth or
1: Ian Kinsler? Back today.
0: He's back today and I'll go Kinsler.
1: Email of the day is from Jay. Guys, we're almost to September. If Vladimir Guerrero is still available, should I pick him up now? He has to come up with September call-ups, doesn't he? Oh, I don't... No, I don't... I doesn't have to. I don't think he will, frankly.
0: I don't know why they would wait until then. I mean, obviously, rosters expand then. But I don't think finding a uh, 25-man roster spot for him is the problem. I I think they just... They're doing what the Braves did with Acuna last year. They're doing what the Cubs did with Chris Bryant in 2014, I believe it was, where it's obvious to everybody that he's ready for the majors. But if they wait until the middle of next April, they can get a seventh year of control out of him. So I, I, you know, I can't guarantee he won't be up, but my hunch is he won't be up.
1: What about Eloy Jimenez? What about Same Michael thing.
0: Kopech? Same thing. Uh, What was the third name you said? Yeah, same thing. I'd been holding out hope saying, okay, well, Reese Hoskins, you know, we haven't gotten to the point yet where Reese Hoskins was called up last year, but now we have. Hoskins was called up August 10th. And it's also like the Blue Jays know Vladimir Guerrero is the franchise. They, the White Sox. No, probably that Aloy Jimenez is the franchise. Michael Kopeck, probably the best pitching prospect in baseball. Reese Hoskins had a very good season in the minors last year, but it, it wasn't so clear he was going to be this great major leaguer. So, uh, the Phillies, um, weren't risking as much by calling him up.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, do you I, f- I
0: think this is totally intentional by the White Sox and Blue Jays just to leave him down till next year.
1: We had a report, uh, like a week or two ago that, Eloy Jimenez was very close. Yeah, that
0: was from Chris Getz, the director of player development for the White Sox, and it it filled me with some brief optimism. But it wasn't, you know, saying he's very close isn't offering a concrete timetable. You know, very close could mean a couple months away, and obviously, a couple months we're talking about the off season at that point. And also, he's not the one who makes that decision whether he gets called up. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't I don't know that. I don't know that uh, that the fact we've heard no rumbling since then, I think, is a bad
1: sign. All right. So, are there any prospects worth stashing at this point? I, and I, we shouldn't say that those guys aren't worth stashing. It's like we don't know yeah. for a fact that they're not coming up. So,
0: Though I actually wrote an article about this very thing. It was published yesterday. Um, it was mostly centered around Guerrero and uh, Jimenez. And my, my feeling was if you're in a league where more than 300 players are rostered, uh, and you've stashed them all this time, you, that's probably a deep enough league where, you know, you have other bench options that are expendable and you should probably just stick with them because even more frustrating than them not getting called up is them getting called up and rewarding somebody else when yeah. they do.
1: Yeah. That'd be annoying.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I would probably just stick with them, but I am not holding my breath.
1: Alrighty, Scott, uh, you can read that prospects column on the website. Scott, who's your favorite two-star pitcher that might be available for fantasy owners in the upcoming scoring period, which will be week 22? One? 22. 22. Uh, who we, who are we looking at? Some, some interesting choices out there. No slam dunks, no Herman Marquez's, I'd say. But some interesting choices. What are we thinking? Ah, uh,
0: wait a second. It- no, it's 22.
1: I think it uh, is. I was,
0: th- I was thinking. Okay, I'm getting confused about. Scott, I've been confused all combines. year. Don't worry about yeah, it. it. it is week 22. Okay, so two star pitchers. It's, uh, I mean, if we're going to use the 80% cutoff, then I would say Shane Bieber and Tyler Anderson are the best two start options available on waivers, but they barely make that cutoff, and it's not like either of them. Is looking at a great situation this upcoming week. Beaver's first matchup is at Boston. The second's at Kansas City. So I still think I'd go for it in a points league. Uh, but you know, in a roto league, I don't know that I'd flatly recommend him. Tyler Anderson, both of his starts is, are at home, where he's been better than on the road this year. But still, it's course Field, and he's coming off an awful start. So you know, I I don't know. You know, most people listening, those two are probably aren't available anyway. So if we look a little deeper, it, there's nobody I love. But if I'm going to endorse anybody, I'm going to endorse Mike Fires, who's about himself is about 65%. Oh, not exactly widely available. Uh, he gets Texas in Oakland, so that's not so bad. And then the Twins, and he's just been, you know, he's on a nice run of quality or near quality starts. And then the widely available option who I might consider is Derek Holland, who, uh, is at the Mets, which is just a good matchup any way you look oh, at it. Oh, it used to
1: be. <laughs>
0: well, I mean.
1: <laughs> uh, they they are hitting better. I mean, Conforto's hitting, oh, Conforto, I, jeez, did I screw that up? Conforto's hitting better. Nimmo, uh, Ahmed Rosario, not Nimmo, uh, Flores, Ahmed Rosario, they're hitting better. Um, yeah. But it's still a good matchup.
0: I, I mean, 24 runs doesn't look as impressive when you consider 10 came off position players. 14 yesterday. runs is pretty good. Yeah, I know. But any team is capable of that any given night, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a good matchup for Holland. And then the other one's Texas, but it's in San Francisco, where he has a higher ERA, but his strikeout, all his other numbers are better at home, as you'd expect them to be. So, uh I worry that Derek Holland won't get the six innings required for a quality start, but I think the overall results will be decent in those two starts.
1: So Bieber and Tyler Anderson are shallower leagues. Mike yep. Fires you could take a shot on. Derek Holland you could take a shot on. And I, I feel confident in Tyler Anderson because in his career, I mean, you mentioned that he's better at home than on the road this year. His ERA at home in his career is 342. On the road, it's 523. It doesn't make sense but he pitches a lot better at Coors Field. Two home starts, one of them is against the Padres and even in this recent stretch for Anderson where he's he's been pretty bad in his last 3 road starts but really good in the home starts around them. Although 3 of his last 4 have been on the road. Uh so I I don't know. I, I would I would, go I would be more him. hesitant
0: I would. to start Bieber than Anderson. Yeah, I, I think. yeah,
1: the, the Red Sox start could go very
0: very wrong. I'd probably start both in a points league. I would at least consider starting Anderson in a roto league. I don't think I'd consider starting Bieber in a roto
1: league. Alright, uh, here's a new segment called, I need you to admit that Charlie Blackman has been a bust. I phrase it that way because I, I'm not sure if you're going to admit it, but I, <laughs> I know that Chris wouldn't admit it. I just, I want, this was for Chris. In fact, I'm gonna am him and I'm gonna ask him, do you think Charlie Blackman has been a bust? Oh, he he's it's not in his computer. No! Okay, Scott. I need you to admit that Charlie Blackman has been a bust this year. No, Uh I mean it depends what you mean by bust. Is he's, he's
0: been good? He's been a must-start high-end outfielder. How
1: high-end? He's he, 15. He hasn't been first-round caliber. He, he hasn't been third-round caliber. He's the he's the number 15 outfielder, and thank goodness he leads off because he scored 86 runs. 22 home runs, 6 steals at this point. Not great. 273 batting average. Not great. 17 doubles? What the heck is that? Nothing. <laughs> in the last 16 games, he's batting 156, so he's killing you in the stretch run. Charlie Blackman has been a bust this year, dude. Um, Here's the thing. <laughs>
0: uh, you look at the batted ball profile. It's the same as last year. Um... Like it's, it totally seems within the realm of possibility and halfway expected, I think that there will be a hot stretch at some point over the next six weeks that will make his ending numbers better than they are right now. So it, it may well be that when we're talking about where to draft Charlie Blackman next year over the course of this offseason and next March, we're still talking about first or second round.
1: Oh, yeah, my, I mean,
0: maybe. My thought is probably that, that probably won't. won't I mean, vibrate, he just won't put his phone on vibrate, folks. He just won't. I feel it. like my text tone is like the fun little side character in this podcast. <laughs> like <laughs> You never know when he's going to pop in. Maybe. It always puts a smile on your face. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I had the last two days, but new habits or old habits are hard Good. to break, I guess. I guess so. Uh, Charlie Blackman's 32. So... Um and is he I don't he's not a free agent. No, they they extended him,
1: right? Didn't they give him a new contract?
0: Okay, so we don't have to worry about that. But yeah, he's thirty two, so he's getting up there and if he doesn't finish this season red hot and get that batting average, you know, close to three hundred, then he's probably not going to go earlier than round three next year.
1: Okay, I got a Twitter poll up, and I always forget to update them at the end of the episode. But do you think Charlie Blackman has been a bust this year? So far, 68% yes, 32% no. We only have 31 votes in, so we'll see what happens over the next 45 minutes or so. Uh, all right, that is the Charlie Blackman segment. So there was a transaction yesterday involving a minor league prospect, and it didn't go well for the minor league prospect. Willie Calhoun was sent down. Why was Willie Calhoun sent down? Because somebody's coming off the DL. Nomar Mazzara, we would like to say. Oh, I went too long. I didn't time it right. Damn it. That was
0: pretty good. It was close. It was close.
1: Close enough. But not good enough. Welcome back, Nomar Mazzara. And he homered. How about that? I uh I don't know what to think of Nomar Mazar. He's ninety-three percent owned, but he's a you know, two hundred seventy-two batting average with sixteen home runs and only one steal in ninety-two games. He had a nine game stretch with seven home runs and a fourteen twenty-five OPS. His next fifty-two games, Mazar had a six ninety one OPS. He was useless. However, he has been very respectable against lefties this year. 254 with a 459 slugging percentage. That's a big improvement. Do you think Nomar Mazara deserves to be owned in 93% of leagues?
0: Probably. If I was going to say it's too much of anything, I would say it's too high. I am not the Nomar Mazara guy. I feel like, uh, you know, the, the fly ball rate is so low that the fact he's not getting a bunch of home runs, uh I you know, I'm not just going to assume that'll suddenly change. I know a lot of people love the upside, but there has to be something else that changes for him to tap into it. That's being said, I mean, he's still fine. He's still, you know, he he's not a stud for your team. He would probably be no better than your third outfielder if you rostered him. But it, I don't think it's a problem to roster him either. I don't think he's going to be... um what brings you down?
1: Would you rather have Jose Martinez or Nomar Mazzara? Oh,
0: definitely Mazzara. I don't know that we're going to see Martinez. Like I know we've said this before, and he's found a way to get playing time still. But Tyler O'Neill was in the lineup in right field over him yesterday. Tyler O'Neill, having recently come off the DL himself, and Martinez is a bad defender out there. O'Neill's somebody who the Cardinals have every reason to want to see more from down the stretch. So we'll see.
1: By the way, Matt Carpenter has made 10 errors this year. feels like a lot.
0: Uh, well, how many at first base?
1: I don't know, but can't win MVP. <laughs> can't win MVP if you're making 10 errors. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, I, you probably can. I am on Team Javi Baez for MVP.
0: Okay. Well, fortunately, we have another six weeks to figure it out.
1: Yeah. So Chris, There's a good
0: chance one will distinguish himself still.
1: And no one are not Let's not forget him. Chris Towers says that Charlie Blackman, has he been a bust this year? Quote, eh, maybe. Come on, Chris Towers. Uh, Thursday standouts. What, what, Clay Buckholz, complete game, one run, six strikeouts at San Diego. He's got a 247 ERA. Are you buying it with Clay Buckholz?
0: I'm not buying it. And we're a dozen starts in. I haven't bought it this whole time. I'm not starting to buy it now, but. I will say that when he does fall, the fall may not be as big as we were suspecting it'll be looking at the surrounding data. Now that there's more of it, the Babip is low, but it's not crazy low. The FIP is mid threes, you know, mm-hmm. the swinging strike rate isn't great, but it's not worse than it's ever been at any other point in his career. I think, I think he's at least entered the. You know, stream him with good matchups and two starts. Discussion. I I feel like when things go wrong for him, it'll he'll, his numbers will look a lot like Mike Leake's. You know,
1: I mean, Clay Buchholz is he didn't have his changeup last night. That's apparently his best pitch, and he still threw a complete game and allowed one run on five hits at the Padres. And um, you know, he's got a nine percent swinging strikeout rate. Two starts with double-digit swinging strikes. That's not good. Did I say swinging strikeout? I meant 9% swinging strike rate. One start against the Angels next week. Are you going to start Buck Holtz there?
0: No, I don't think that passes the stream threshold.
1: And I just, he's throwing like 90 miles per hour. He better have a really good changeup. Of course, I haven't really seen him pitch that much, but I mean, the cutter's
0: I, been good for him too. The cutter's actually been, and it's a pitch he's thrown a, like a quarter of the time throughout his career, and it, he's having he has by far the best swinging strike rate he's ever had on that pitch.
1: All right, Buckholtz, uh, two star Bieber or one star Buckholtz? Bieber. Two star Fires or a one star Buckholtz? Fires. John Lester Scott, I said I was adamant. To sit him yesterday. Sit him, and he gave you six scoreless innings with eight strikeouts at Pittsburgh. And he's at Detroit next week, which looks like a great matchup, but the matchups haven't mattered in the previous like eight starts or whatever for Le- or maybe even more than that for Leicester. He's been really bad against Cincinnati, against San Diego twice. Um or do you feel comfortable starting John Lester at Detroit next week?
0: I don't feel comfortable starting Leicester anymore. That being said, I imagine nine of the ten instances where I owned Leicester, I'd probably give in and start him after the start he just had and Yes, given the opponent he's facing.
1: What did you make of yesterday's start? Would th- would you have started him?
0: No, no, right? he'd no, been horrible. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, he had he had been horrible, and I, I don't feel think bad. He's, I don't think he's a great pitcher anymore, but yeah. I don't think he's as bad as he showed during that. However many how how long was it where he was horrible?
1: It was it at was, least eight starts.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's that bad either.
1: Yeah. Uh Well, I'll tell you what, Scott, John Lester, you know, he might not be such a great pitcher anymore, but I am an idiot. I, you know, I'm much worse than Lester at life. <laughs> I just, God, I picked the wrong time to trade Mitch Haniger. I picked the wrong time to drop Michael Conforto and Conforto is 72% owned. He we went tried six, to stop you. Well, it was too late. He went six for 12. He really was struggling before that. I swear. He had a, a 333 slugging percentage the 13 games before I dropped him. And 13? now in his last... What is yeah, that? Yeah, but it was a whole games? season. Mike I mean, Trout
0: slumps for 13 games.
1: The whole season. I mean, to be honest with you, he's still like, his numbers are still bad. Uh, yeah. I 243 know. with 17 homers. But now, 6 for 12 yesterday. Last 6 games, he is 345, 387, 724. One walk, 10 strikeouts. I don't know what to make of it, but... Uh, His home
0: run, his home run came off Roman Quinn, who gave up seven earned runs in that (laughs) debacle, right? Um, which, I, I mean, I don't know that like Gabe Kapler invites a lot of criticism. I don't know that I necessarily agree with his handling of that. I think maybe leaving Roman Quinn in for that many pitches and that many runs was bad, but, um, I. Get that, Especially on a day with the doubleheader, right. I get the concept of this is a lost cause, let's save our bullets for the next one.
1: Yeah, I get that.
0: Um, that. Uh, but anyway, beginning back to Conforto.
1: Yeah, what do you think? Is Conforto going to win people their fantasy leagues?
0: N- no, I don't think he's going to. I don't think he needs to be owned in three outfielder leagues. I think there's enc- encouraging signs with the bat ball profile and everything else, and... He was on the top ten sleeper hitters for this past week. He probably will be again, but I don't think he's somebody who you pick up and plan on keeping him near lineup to close out the season.
1: Any other standouts for you uh, from yesterday? I kind of hogged the segment. I apologize. No, it's fine.
0: Tommy Pham looked good in his first game back. A couple singles and a walk. We were a little concerned about how that would go. Uh, David Dahl, Homer and a steal. He has started eight of ten games since returning from the minors. So that's, I mean, I don't, I'm not ready to trust him in my lineup, but that's a good sign for him at least having a chance to show what he can do. Uh, and I think Harrison, well, first of all, first of all, Malik Smith. Enough already. Just pick this guy (laughs)
1: out.
0: He's, since the beginning of July, he's the 12th best outfielder in points leagues.
1: Yeah. Uh, He's been really good.
0: Yeah. Um, and I'll throw, I'll throw some support Harrison Bader's way too. He hit a home run yesterday. If you project his numbers over 160 games, it comes out to 22 homers and 29 steals. He, batting average is higher than it should be because Babbitt's really high, but he looks kind of like we thought Kevin, we were getting from Kevin Kiermeyer at the start of the year. Right down to the
1: A plus defense. How are we doing in the scam league this week? Oh my god, we're getting destroyed. Well, this will end our hopes. I thought we we're what? What? What's? What do we have? What's the score? There are ten categories. We are tied in two of them. Mm-hmm. We are losing the other eight.
0: Okay, but that changes. At one point, I checked yesterday. Oh wait, four, yeah. four and two. These
1: are not. Do we have an illegal lineup or something? No. None of our stats are counting. <laughs> What do you mean? I don't know. There's got to be some issue. I think we might have to – I think we may have had an illegal lineup or something like that, Scott. We'll have to check it out. Right now we have no home runs, no RBIs, no runs, no steals. Is that because
0: you did that thing with Brandon Belt that I warned you about? No.
1: I don't think so. I got to look into this. Uh Uh-oh.
0: I hope not. Because I keep checking in the middle of the night, and it's like, oh, look, we're – Tied again like I just thought I just thought we were so close in the category uh, probably jumping it's, back and forth like that nah, so.
1: then it's probably fine it's probably just a little <laughs> bit of a glitch but we we have Harrison Bader that's my point we decided to start Harrison Bader um, because you know he had some weak lefties on the schedule and he had been very good against lefties yesterday Homer against the righty so that was nice to see uh, I don't know much about Harrison Bader apparently or how to evaluate uh, our podcast league team but I do know plenty about SeatGeek Adam it has our lineup is illegal for this week But you said that it was fine. You said you were checking throughout the week, so there's got to be some type of glitch. We're we're good here. We're good. It would have notified me immediately when I made that move. No,
0: we we're not getting credit for our points. You're right. Look at it. But you said we got zeros
1: all the way through, and they don't. You said that it was fine. You said you were checking. You just said that.
0: Well, that doesn't just
1: change overnight. No,
0: it doesn't. I didn't. We were
1: <sighs> so annoying. <laughs> what did I do that made it illegal? I I activated Brandon Belt.
0: Yes, after rosters had already locked. There's At- okay, so there's this thing where there's a distinction between rosters locking and lineups locking, right? Yeah. When Oh, I don't first, know, is that true? The first game of the week locks rosters. You can't add or drop anybody. Uh you can't have a trade in it be applied for that week. The rosters are locked. You can change your lineup still based on when that individual player's first game of the week is. But the rosters are locked. So I was saying, okay, if you activate Brandon Bell, it won't apply that you dropped a player. And uh, it'll make your lineup illegal. And you're like, I don't think it will. And then you said after the fact it didn't, and I took your word for it. But But apparently it has. So now (laughs) we've got to go we got to go crawling on our hands and knees to Heath but i but i'm so confused cuz yesterday it seemed fine well it, it apparently in the moment it it is accumulating those stats but then overnight when it crunches the numbers it eliminates them i wow. mean i went to the team the the league warnings page and it says we have an illegal lineup from 812 through 819 so <sighs>
1: This one might be on me. This one might be yeah. on me. Now, nah, we'll figure it out. We'll be fine. Don't worry about it. I'm calm. <laughs> you're the
0: one, you're the one who's going to grovel to Heath, not me.
1: Uh, that is, there's no problem there. Okay, so anyway, SeatGeek. I, you know what I'll do? I will say Heath, I will give you $20. You fix my liner for me. I will give you $20. I will not give you that. Don't do that. Well, I'm not (laughs) going to give him a $20 bill, Scott, but what I'm going to tell him (laughs) is download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FANTASY on your first purchase, and you will get 20 bucks off your first uh, SeatGeek ticket purchase. And SeatGeek, actually, uh, no joke, yesterday was on the SeatGeek app looking for tickets for a college football game coming up in October. And I uh, was kind of talk with my friends. Here's what we're looking at. Here's what we got. Let's buy some tickets. We haven't bought them yet, but we will. And when we buy those tickets, we're going to use SeatGeek because I actually did a little bit of digging. I did look at another website, and SeatGeek was cheaper. Not only is SeatGeek cheaper, and the reason SeatGeek is cheaper is because it has multiple sources. It pulls in from multiple sources, and it finds the best deals for you. Um, but – Additionally, you get the additional twenty. Additionally, you get the additional a little redundant. You get the twenty dollars off your first purchase when you use the code Fantasy. I love the SeatGeek app. I talk about. It, I tell people about it all the time. It is really the best way to go to comedy, concert, sports, theater, any type of live event you need to get to. And every purchase is fully guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app. Use the promo code Fantasy uh, when you make your first purchase. All right, that's twenty bucks off for you. Yasiel Puig suspended two games. Jose Ureña, six games. Brandon Nimmo was hit by a pitch on the finger. X-rays were negative. Yu Darvish is going to make a rehab start on Sunday. Hooray. Steven Strasburg will be back on Tuesday. Hooray. The Mets scored a franchise record 24 runs against Phillies. Hooray. Kenley Jansen, there's a chance he could be back next week. There's a chance. Uh, We'll see. Jeremy Hellickson having an MRI on his wrist. Meanwhile, Scott, Joe Ross could return for the Nationals in September. Is there any chance he returns as a starter? I think there's a
0: chance, sure. He's building up his innings in the minors now. And, uh, you know, it's not like, what's his name? Jeremy Hellickson. It's not like Jeremy Hellickson is anything special.
1: Right, and, and Hellickson may go on the DL. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and how about this? Kansas City third baseman Hunter Dozier is 4 for 46 with runners in scoring position. That's just a fun little baseball note for you. Very fun. Max Fried could start for Atlanta next week. It might be at Pittsburgh. It might be at Miami. But Max Fried might be making a start. Very up in the air. Okay. Uh, in the My Roto Team Continues to Fall Apart category, Derek Rodriguez is now on the DL with a hamstring strain. Wonderful. Uh, and Tommy Pham, as Scott mentioned, he's back. He batted cleanup. He went two for three with a walk and a double and an RBI at the Yankees. So, We've got great newsletters for you. If you don't have time to make it to the website, you just want a quick fix in your inbox, go to cbssports.com slash fbtdaily. And really, now's the time to get the fantasy football newsletter, cbssports.com slash fftdaily. That will get you the newsletters. We also want you to go to sportsline.com. And again, this is at this point in, in the time, it's great for fantasy football. We have Brandon Bowers, an injury expert. We have all these new writers on sportsline.com. It's a pay site. That's got fantasy news. That's got, uh, basically a gambling site. All these picks and predictions. And it's really inexpensive. It's 10 bucks a month. But if you use the code BREAKOUT, you get your first month for a dollar. So if you just want to give uh, Sportsline a try, go to Sportsline and, uh, use the code BREAKOUT when you sign up. More from yesterday. Here are some available outfielders, Scott. And tell me if you think they should be owned in more than about 30% of leagues where they are at. Nick Williams. Randall who, um who is 4-for-29 with no extra base hits, no walks and 10 strikeouts in his last seven games, Randall Gritchick. Harrison Bader, we talked about. Fran Milreis, he is 0-for-21 in his last seven games, hashtag bring back the leg kick. And Hunter Renfro, who hit a pinch hit home run yesterday. Uh, Nick Williams, Randall Gritchick, Harrison Bader, Fran Milreis, Hunter Renfro. And let's throw in David Dahl just for fun. Uh, Okay. What do you think about this group? Should, should, is anyone worthy of being owned in like 50% of leagues?
0: Hmm. 50%? uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't have been surprised to see Grichik or Bader owned in that many. Uh, it's hard for me to say they deserve to be without knowing what the outfielders who are owned in 50% of leagues are. Um,
1: I, could I guess I could look that up. Yeah, I'll do it for you. And, um, we're also going to look at the most added list. The most added outfielder is Harrison Bader, followed by Malik Smith, Hunter Renfro, all the guys we're talking about. Um, all right, but let's, okay, let's take some, let's look at the most owned list.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Out so, 50, 50 percent owned outfielders include Avisel Garcia, Teoscar Hernandez, Stephen Piscotty, uh, which are all I think in the same range as Grichik and Bader in terms of how rosterable they are. Uh, Adam Duvall's 48% owned. Get him out of there. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think 50% sounds about right for those guys. They need to be picked up in more leagues
1: and ride the hot hand at this point. And- yeah. I mean, I feel like last time we talked about Randall Gritchick, he was on his hot streak and I said I feel like I said this. I hope I said this. We've had this conversation about Randall Gritschik so many times in the last few years he He goes on hot streaks and he just can't sustain them. And he has been in my lineup in the podcast league and he is destroying me. Randall Gritschik what did I say he was like 0 for twenty one or something like that. Um, uh, four, uh, four for twenty nine. Sorry, four for twenty nine with no extra base hits, no walks, ten strikeouts. Framo Reyes is over twenty one. Um, yeah, so that sucks. But ride the hot hand, try to win some leagues. Uh, great advice. Available
0: short to, to a degree. Ride the hot hand, right?
1: Well, like, well, I mean, when you're talking about if guys your stud like stud
0: goes in a slump, you're
1: when you're talking about guys like Avi Garcia, Stephen Piscotti
0: yeah, drop them yes. for when you're talking about Harrison that Vader. group of players. Right.
1: Ride the hot hand, sure. Uh, available shortstops, Ahmed Rosario and Jorge Polanco are both 27% owned. Ahmed Rosario has uh, a nice little streak going here. Last seven games, he's batting four oh six with two home runs and three steals. He also had a nice little streak in the middle of July. He batted three sixty one with uh, with four steals and a ten thirty four OPS. And then his next 13 games were terrible, 127 batting average. Jorge Polanco, meanwhile, since returning from suspension, he is the number 12 shortstop in points, number 17 in roto. Who would you rather have, Ahmed Rosario or Jorge Polanco? I would rather
0: have Jorge Polanco, especially this upcoming week, because the twins have some of the best matchups.
1: So that's who I'd rather have. Would you rather have Rosario in, in a category so like if you need steals? He's running.
0: I'm. I, I is he running enough to justify all the downside he's going to bring to your lineup? It's kind of like Chris was saying about Ian Desmond yesterday. There I think I steals, think Rosario is like a,
1: a steals guy now because he has 17 on the year. He's 14 on the year. I think nine of them have come in a month or so. I'll I'll check on that.
0: Man, yeah. it's worth knowing. Um. I mean, if you're looking for every steal you can possibly get your hands on. But uh, otherwise, I, I I don't think he's a very good fantasy option. Okay.
1: Uh, meanwhile, let's take a look at the most added list here. And uh, we're going to go through two-star pitchers a little bit later. But the most added players in CBSSports.com leagues, number one, is Taylor Ward, 29% owned. Third baseman, catcher eligible for the Angels. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman is number two. Ryan Zimmerman is 67% owned. Scott White.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um He obviously had that hot streak last week. I mean, wasn't long enough to be called a streak, but there was a lot of damage done in a short period of time. And he started seven of the last eight games. I still think Matt Adams is going to have his say there. I'm not ready to add Zimmerman in standard mixed leagues.
1: We got Hyunjin Ryu, we got Mike Fires, Pedro Strope, Tyler Glasnow. Glasnow, he's got to be pitching soon, right? He's pitching tomorrow at Boston. So my question is, if it goes horribly for him, do you hang on to Tyler Glasnow? Because his next start is supposed to be at home against KC.
0: Yes. Uh, For both of those reasons. It's at Boston. You give him a pass there. It's at KC. Home against, yeah, but either way. Well, yeah. Uh
1: Kevin Gossman or Tyler Glass now. (laughs) Glass now. Uh Jaime Berea or Kevin Gossman, both on the most added list.
0: The Gossman.
1: Tukey Toussaint. Should he be owned in 20% of leagues? He's on the most added list.
0: Tuki. Um.
1: (laughs) Tukey crisp.
0: T is for Tuki. That's good enough for me.
1: But he's not good enough because he's in the minors right now. But is he a prospect worth stashing? Twenty percent owned Tuki Tucson?
0: I wonder. So is Max Fried getting priority over him?
1: That was my interpretation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So probably not in, in redraft leagues.
1: Right. Oh um, boy, the Braves could be pretty good uh, for for a while, huh? You gotta be feeling good about that. Yeah,
0: I feel great about that. They're gonna have money to spend this off season too. Some contracts going off the books.
1: But you know so who stinks? We'll who stinks? Ozzy Alby stinks. Let's oh, go come on. let's talk about struggling studs. <laughs> nah, he doesn't stink, but he has been struggling. Uh not as badly as Gleyber Torres. Gleyber Torres, twenty games since coming off the DL, is batting one fifty one. Um with a five thirty eight OPS. Boy, what do you do with if you're the Gleyber Torres owner? Do you look for someone else? I mean, do you start Jorge Polanco over Glaber Torres next week? No,
0: I don't do that. I, I worried about this to some degree because the strikeout rate was high for Torres and he was getting, he was homering at a pace that you wouldn't expect anybody to sustain. So what would it look like when he stopped homering at that pace? It's been awful, but it's been unbelievably awful too he still has an elite line drive rate and yet a sub 300 bap that doesn't add up he's gonna get hot again and we don't know when it's going to happen i suspect it'll be sooner than later
1: ozzy Albies, obviously you start him he's a number four second baseman in both points and roto uh but you know he had a 988 ops through the end of april since then ozzy Albies has a 737 ops 12 home runs, 9 steals, and 89 games since May 1st. And that really includes a 16 game hot streak with a 1200 OPS just about. Other than that, like, pretty disappointing. Now, I will say this, Albies, 737 OPS since May 1st. He's the number 9 second baseman in points and roto in that stretch. Uh, the other thing I'll say is he has the most at bats at the position. So, at that, in that stretch. And probably mm-hmm. like the second most played appearances. Anyway, uh, what do you think about Albies? Because, you know, the overall numbers, the OPS is under 800 now. He's not a great steals guy. Uh Your thoughts?
0: Yeah, he could be a great steals guy. I wish he'd run more. But nonetheless, um, I had hoped, I, I suspected he would rebound when he was going through that rough patch in May and June. And he did to a degree. But like you said, it didn't last long and... Yeah, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I'll be honest. I, uh, I still imagine we'll be drafting him as a top five second baseman next year. I think there's room for him to improve basically across the board, right down to walks. He's been more aggressive than I feel like he's shown in the past. Um, so it's like, First full season for a 21 year old, I still think you have to view it in a positive light. But in terms of rest of season, how do we value him? Um, the, you could stand to upgrade it. There, there you may be able to upgrade At second base if your trade deadline's still ongoing, but you may not. Like, I still think he's probably top 10, you know?
1: Would you have uh, Rendon or Albies?
0: Anthony Rendon, the third baseman?
1: What the hell's the matter? Why? I always give him second base eligibility. I don't know why. It's, it's been like four years. <laughs> 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 he used to be second base eligible, right? Rendon? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He used to
0: be, when he first came up, that was mainly what he was playing.
1: Yeah. Okay. So would you rather Robinson Cano? He, he is actually second base eligible or all the Albies?
0: Hmm. Uh, I think I'll be still.
1: Okay. Three man rotation from yesterday. Julio Tehran. Back and forth. Great. Terrible. Great. Terrible. So annoying. Um do you trust Julio Turan with two starts at Pittsburgh and at Miami next week?
0: I think i I think I'm going to. Certainly in a points league. He, I, I, yeah, good. Like when he looks good, he looks really good, and it's not like Clay, Clay Buckholz sort of way. Like he's actually missing bats with the slider that has, you know, looked looked like a, a breakout pitch for him this year. So I've I've been reluctant to completely write him off, and uh, when he puts together back to back starts like he did with two good matchups coming up, it's it's awfully tempting.
1: Who would you rather have rest of season, Tehran or another guy in the rotation, Tanner Roark? Tanner Roark. And he's got a one-start week next week against Philadelphia. Roark, one strikeout yesterday? What was that all about, dude? Two of his last three starts, either one or two strikeouts. Weird for Roark. It uh, is. Yeah.
0: yeah, It is. It is weird. I don't know what to ask beyond okay, that's that. that's fine. It's, it's weird. weird. Uh John
1: <laughs> Gray is 91% owned, 62% started. Is John Gray a top 30 starting pitcher for you?
0: He is getting awfully close. I know he's in my top 40 at last update. He looks like he fixed whatever what was wrong in the minors, and I suspected he will because so much was right. Would you rather have John Gray or
1: Masahiro Tanaka?
0: I suspected he would. Uh, I would rather have John Gray.
1: Yep. Okay, by the way, Charlie Blackman, is he a bust? Yes has 69% of the votes. And no has 31% of the votes. Fringy starting pitchers. Do you feel like any of these guys are must-own? Luke Weaver, Zach Eflin, Yvonne Nova, Steven Matz.
0: I feel like, uh. Chicken tonight. Wheeler. <laughs> there you <go>. Thank you. <laughs> old, old reference. Uh, <laughs> Wheeler and Eflin. <sighs> uh, did you we're, say we're Wheeler? To, we're to that age when like old commercials just sound totally ancient. Yeah. You know? did Did you say Wheeler? I said Wheeler, yeah. Well, did you say Wheeler? No, I said Weaver. Ah, Eflin's the most rosterable of these. I think he's a little less than Mustone.
1: So I have Matt's as a two-start pitcher, but I don't know that our website does. Um And that's because doubleheaders sometimes screw things up. But I, I don't know that he'll make two starts. If he did, it would be San Francisco and Washington at home.
0: Yeah, they don't have a doubleheader. This upcoming week. No, I they, ha- they had one
1: yesterday, uh, so I don't know if that um messed with our system. To me, it doesn't matter. You're not starting him?
0: Yeah, he's been – even when he's been good, it wasn't in a way that um, inspired a lot of confidence.
1: Okay. Yeah, like he had a 10-start stretch, Steven Matz, with a 273 RA, but 49 strikeouts in 50, 59 and a third and 8% swinging strike rate, which is pretty low. Uh, really I just want to give a shout-out to Nico Goodrum. He's 19% owned. He always seems to have a, a good game here or there that makes me put him in the notes. He's homered three times in his last seven games, but is only batting 196 in August. Nico Goodrum, a little bit of a shout-out to you. And now let's take a look at those two-start pitchers. And uh you're going to go with Jose Barrios against the White Sox and the A's? Of course. Of course. Uh, Chris Archer against Atlanta and at Milwaukee. Yep. How about, well, yeah. yeah, no, I think I wouldn't regardless of format. Yeah. How about Kyle Hendricks at Detroit and home against Cincinnati? I think that's a go. Okay. Carlos Rodon, I'm sure he's worth starting out. Kevin Gosman at Pittsburgh and at Miami. Yes. Yes. yes I would. Uh, Julio Turan, same matchups. And we already said, yeah. We're
0: going with them. Yeah, I, I might hesitate in a roto league if ERA and whip were the priorities, but uh, I, I think even in some of those formats, they'd be starting them.
1: How about Nate Evaldi? Cleveland at home, Tampa Bay on the road.
0: Uh, Yeah, definitely in a points league.
1: Yoli Zinn, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh at home.
0: Definitely in a points
1: league. About Shane Bieber. Uh, we I already, already said yes in points. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Uh, no categories. Alex Wood, we're going to start Vince Velasquez at Washington at Toronto. He has been pitching like garbage lately. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's, um, the three of his last four starts have been pretty bad. One of them was against Boston. Right. I think. I, I
0: think it probably yes in points league, and in Roto, um, if I was trying to catch up in strikeouts, I'd probably start him there too.
1: I right, have Vince Velasquez. I can't do it, Scott. I can't start Dylan Bundy at Toronto at home against the Yankees.
0: I don't blame you. I couldn't either.
1: Tyler Anderson, we already talked about. Not a bad option. Mike Fires, Texas at home, Minnesota on the road. Not a bad option. He will have to get Logan Forsyth out somehow, but <laughs> he might be able to do it. Uh, Irvin Santana, no way. Can't trust him. 56% owned. There's, I just don't see a reason to own Irvin Santana, Scott.
0: I don't either. No, the stuff isn't there. He does not look right.
1: His ERA is 8.03. Mm -hmm. He has 16 strikeouts and 24 and two-thirds. Drop Irvin Santana. Pick up someone else. Marco Estrada, Baltimore and Philadelphia at home. Nope. Derek Holland, Scott mentioned, not a terrible flyer at the Mets and home against Texas. And then, you know, no, can't do Austin Gomber. One of his starts is at Colorado. Right. Uh, Trevor
0: Richards has, prior to this most recent start, he was on a nice run, but it's Yankees and Braves. Either of them are terrible matchups, but neither of them are good
1: either. Not, I, I think uh, I'd pass on it. I'm him. not going to say the other names. They're just not good enough. Yeah. Unless you want to go with Glenn Sparkman or Birch Smith. well, I, I don't think you do.
0: You know, I'm. I'm, I'm reconsidering on Richards because they're both in Miami, big park.
1: And there is a chance Scott White, hear me out. Uh, I would say a better than 50% chance, a no, 50% chance. Giancarlo Stanton does not play at Miami. Giancarlo Stanton is dealing with a leg injury. He has only DH'd for like nine or ten straight games. They will not play him in the field. And there is some thought that he will not play at Miami.
0: Just when you thought the Marlins might sell some tickets,
1: <laughs> they'll said that that game will be very well attended. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> oh, because the Yankees fans? yeah,
1: because all, all the Yankees fans there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh
0: yeah, All right, yeah. Trevor Richards. Maybe there's a chance. Yeah. I, I'm adding Trevor Richards to the Derek Holland class of sleepers for this upcoming week. Not saying you have to add him, but if you really want somebody, not a bad choice.
1: By the way, I mean, this is kind of an underrated thing, but this is such a great aspect of Giancarlo Stanton being in the American League. Being yep. able to DH. It's terrific.
0: Yeah. Good it step. is, uh, it is.
1: Yep. I'm going to read some emails here. This one's from Nate. Dear Skredith which would be all of us combined, although it does say death," which I don't like. Head-to-head Roto Keeper League. Keeper League. Drop one. Odor Suarez. Is that Eugenio Suarez? Because that can't be real. Unless that's Andrew Suarez. Yeah, it's got to be. Let's assume it's
0: Andrew Suarez.
1: Moncada, Mazzara, Andrew Heaney.
0: You're dropping Andrew Suarez. (laughs) It ends up being such an obvious answer that... Huh. I mean, I guess you could think about dropping Moncada, but no, I'd drop Suarez. Andrew Suarez.
1: What if it's a. Eugenio Suarez? Obviously, we're not dropping him. I... Then it's Moncada. Then it's Moncada, okay. Yeah. Even in a keeper league?
0: Well, it depends on how many you're keeping. If you're keeping 15, no. If you're keeping four,
1: yeah. sure. This is Josiah from Elizabethtown, PA. Dear Big Al's Dingers. I don't know what that i is. I'm is. <laughs> go- I'm going to Google it. I'm going to do it on my <laughs> personal computer. Just in case (laughs) something... Oh, Big Al Dingers. Open up
0: incognito mode.
1: Uh, This appears to be like a Little League World Series thing. Okay. 12-team categories league with saves plus holds and K per nine as categories. So there's a premium on relief pitchers, especially ones with starting pitcher eligibility. I got excited when I heard Carlos Martinez was moving to the bullpen. I want to trade for him. Do you think Carlos Martinez will what kind of relief pitcher do you think he'll be will he be better than Dominguez, McHugh or Peacock?
0: Mm, I would not assume that. No, nope, cuz that's I mean maybe Peacock. It you know, it's hard, it's hard to say somebody's going to be better than McHugh and I mean Dominguez is getting saved, so uh I also don't think he's going to get enough my, my guess is he won't get the 10 appearances necessary to be rp eligible heading into next season so don't oh, get your hopes up for that
1: wow that would be enormous it would be that'd be great but
0: it takes a while to get 10 relief appearances and i don't think there's going to be enough time
1: but when when do the astros need a fifth starting pitcher it's still a mystery who it's going to be I'm trying. Yeah, it to is see. still a
0: mystery. They had five games this current week we're in, so they haven't needed to commit to that yet. Um, I did see, I did happen to see Brad Peacock working a multi-inning appearance recently. So.
1: All right. We've got on our website, and this is not set in stone. Tuesday, the 21st, Colin McHugh to start at Seattle. That that could change but that's what we have right now okay so keep that in mind Q I mean, could be worth adding i wish it were peacock but McHugh could be worth adding uh they they will need a fifth starter on tuesday i've more emails from rosendo out of these four pitchers who should i drop mike clevenger john gray clay buckholtz or nate avaldi
0: i would drop Well, jeez you're honestly considering clevenger or gray? <laughs> I would drop Buckholz. Buckholz.
1: Uh, this is from Rob. Hey, Walker, Vado, Martin, and Morneau. Canadians. With many thanks for your help throughout the season, I'm in first place. With three weeks to go until the playoffs, I'm looking to make a couple of final moves. Would love to hear your rankings rest of season. Gregory Polanco, Anthony Rendon, Conforto, Will Myers, Mitch Hanniger. It's a categories league. Polanco, Rendon, Conforto, Myers, Haniger,
0: Rendon, Haniger, Myers, Polanco, Conforto,
1: and Eflin, Glassnow, Lucaci, Junis, Rodon, Eflin, Glassnow, Lucaci, Junis, Rodon,
0: Rodon, Eflin, Glassnow with an asterisk because he could jump to the front of this group. I think. Um, so, Rodon Eflin, Glassnow, Lucasie, Junis. Big gap between Glassnow and Lucasie.
1: Email from Doug in Queens. Hey, Fathers of Summer, I'm prepping for the playoffs. Would you drop Nate Evaldi for Gosman, Ryu, or Boyd?
0: No. Well. Maybe Ryu. I mean, he and Gosman are in the same class, I feel like. Gosman has the better matchup, so I could see doing that.
1: Oh, okay. I thought you were thinking about Ryu. I guess not. No. And would you drop Ryan Healy for Adalberto Mondesi, Wilmer Flores, or Jorge Polanco?
0: I would drop him. Did he say what kind of format this was?
1: No, but I don't think Healy's an everyday player.
0: I don't think so either. Uh, I think I would drop him for Flores unless it's a situation, like if it's a points league, definitely, definitely Flores. If it's categories and you're, could use more steals than Mondesi.
1: Keep it up, says Doug. And congratulations on becoming a father, Adam. It's amazing, but the first ninety days suck. Get your sleep while you can.
0: Sometimes it lasts longer than ninety days.
1: Oh, uh, I was hoping you were going to say shorter than ninety days.
0: Just uh, well, sometimes maybe too. It's it's not uh, every kid's different. I, ha- I can't I, speak for your kid. I currently. I don't even a, know how you're handling him. You may be creating a worse problem for yourself with your habits.
1: I don't know. We have, I guess we're not just kind of letting him do his thing. Um, yeah. my my current schedule is like up at about six thirty seven, on the air at nine until about noon, and then a little bit of chillage, and then a lot of work at night. And the last two nights, I've fallen asleep around ten, woken up around. Twelve thirty or 1 and then i've been working until like 3 or 4 a.m it sucks then i go back to sleep for three hours it's not fun
0: it sounds like are you working more than usual
1: (laughs) yeah because it's football and baseball season oh and so i gotta prep for two shows that are right first thing in the morning so it's tough time nobody you're a team player yeah you know you gotta do what you gotta do uh which
0: team do you play for adam
1: Team football mostly, but you know actually that's not true because I know that with team football we have at least two, if not three, analysts on every show. With team baseball, I feel like I have to have to contribute a little bit more, uh, just to like keep it kind of interesting, so we can have back and forth discussions. So we I ha- could just
0: talk about how you screw up our lineup. Yeah, we show. could do
1: that. We could do that. We could also talk about uh, tonight's matchups. We are going to do that. Let's see who's pitching tonight uh, on the seventeenth of August. Here we go. Cindergaard and Nola, yes. Dan Straley, no. Max Scherzer, yes. Cole Hamels at Trevor Williams, no. Yes, yes. Cole Hamels at Trevor Williams.
0: Hamels, yes. And um, you could do worse than Williams, but I'd probably lean no.
1: Marcus Stroman at Lance Lynn. Yeah, he's Lin. allowed. He's allowed two earned
0: runs in his last five appearances total. Um, I have to sit
1: Stroman, don't I?
0: Yeah. I don't wait. know about that. No. No, you don't necessarily sit Stroman. Um I I kinda like both of them today. Lynn and Strowman. Let's do it.
1: Okay. We've got Casey Kelly and Anthony Slafani Giants at Reds.
0: Casey Kelly? Yeah. Um Anthony DeSlafani's kind of in that um Williams category, Trevor Williams category where he's been good lately, but I don't necessarily trust him, so I'd lean no personally.
1: David Hess, no, Carlos Carrasco, yes. Uh Brian Johnson for the Ra- for the Red Sox against the Rays. No. Kyle Freeland at Sean Newcomb. I would start both. Odrisa oh, Dreesomerd Spanyer at Drew Hutchinson, no. no. Matt Boyd at Kyle Gibson.
0: Gibson is a go. Matt Boyd. He's there with Williams and Deslafani. I know. Boy, crazier <laughs> ideas have come across my mind. Jake Junis
1: at James Shields. Oh my gosh,
0: <laughs> it's a really good matchup for both, and they've both been okay recently. I'd rather not, but it's not crazy.
1: It's not uh, crazy. Junis. Has been okay lately. He also he's given up twenty six home runs this year. He just was at the White Sox three starts ago and he gave up four runs in five and two thirds. If that means anything to you. Mm-hmm. Brewers and Cardinals, uh Freddie Peralta at Jack Flaherty.
0: Well, obviously Flaherty, you're starting. Um You're not starting Peralta.
1: Charlie Morton at Edwin Jackson. Obviously Morton. Uh, no Jackson. Wow, big series. Big series in Oakland. I hope that they, is a big I hope series, they draw. Yeah. Oh, I just I just set Siri off by saying the word series. Shut up, phone. Ray, Robbie Ray at Joey Lucasi.
0: What would you like me to draw? Um, mm, I think I'd roll the dice on Ray.
1: Walker Bueller at Wade LeBlanc. Sure, Bueller. 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 Sure not LeBlanc. No, no thanks on Wade LeBlanc. Thank you, Scott White. Have a wonderful weekend, Scott White. Same to you,
0: Adam. Get some rest.
1: I will try. I will. As Ben Stein would say when he's not saying Bueller, Bueller, I shall do my best. Uh, that's from Win Ben Stein's Money. Great TV show. See you later, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Money